Good morning. Happy Wednesday to you. My name is Tim Harris. It's 10 o'clock. Uh, it means it's time for Tim with Tim. We go verse by verse through the Word of God each day, Monday through Friday. Uh, Facebook uh, live or later, YouTube live later, uh, uh, wherever you get podcasts, Spotify. Um, it's it's not so much that uh, that you know we want this show to be popular. <laughs> That's not the point at all. Uh, but uh, we're trying to just uh, go through the Word of God together and study together, and we make each other better. And uh, uh, gosh, the more people that can be involved in reading God's Word, I say the more the better, right? Uh, but anyway, don't forget to subscribe or hit the like button or or drop into the chat every now and then. Again, that's not for my ego. It literally changes the way that uh, Facebook, YouTube, these algorithms work. The more that people interact with any content, the more that that content is pushed. And if you want to literally change the things you see on Facebook or on YouTube, uh, then what you do is you interact with the things you like. You 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 push the like button. You follow it. You subscribe. You do whatever. But but when you just sort of ghost. Facebook, you know, you just sort of look at it and, and never interact, uh, then you just, it's random and you see what you see. Uh, but the more of us who interact with the good content, the more of that good content that we'll all see. So, so there you go. Uh, we're changing the face of Facebook uh, by, by interacting with one another. So, so I, I encourage you to do that. It's healthy. Uh, today we're in Psalm 68 and Psalm 69. I, I gave you a whole lot to bite off and chew today, didn't I? Uh, psalm 68 is a, is a long psalm. It's not the longest by any stretch, but um, 35 verses, pretty long. Uh, it is, from a scholarly perspective, famously difficult. There are a number of what scholars call hapex legomena. Hapex legomena. A hapex legomena is a word that doesn't appear anywhere else in the whole Bible. You know, a hapex legomena. Uh, and there are a number of words that are in Psalm 68 that you don't see anywhere else. The problem is if you don't see them anywhere else, it's hard to know what they mean. It's hard to translate them. You don't have a context for translation. Psalm 68 has so many words that don't appear anywhere else, so many strange phrases. Um, it's... Some scholars call it just a very disjointed, discontinuous kind of psalm. Others try to call it, in a more friendly way, you know, kaleidoscopic. Um, in other words, there's just a whole lot here and a lot of things that seem to shift and change. But, you know, I find it just really kind of beautiful. I, I really sort of love it. I think that it does have an organization. It's not disorganized by, by any means. I think that it's organized uh, in terms of three mountains, if, if you pay attention. The first one's Mount Sinai, as the psalmist sort of goes over the history of God's people with the Exodus. And then the second is Mount Bashan, which is uh, one of the uh, territories conquered by God's people uh, moving into the promised land. Bashan is not, I think now it's you know, northern, it's the Golan Heights, it's, it's that part of Israel but Bashan is, is Mount Bashan represents you know God, but the sort of victory uh, with the people of God, and then finally Mount Zion, the permanent you know place of God's presence and uh, and, and residency. I just think it's kind of magnificent, and again, I, I see that loose organization around three mountains. Uh, but um, the, the opening verses just kind of uh, stir me. It's that. You know, let, let God arise and his enemies be scattered. That's the King James. Uh, Rise up, O God, and scatter your enemies. Let those who hate God run for their lives. 
uh, blow them away like smoke, uh, but let the godly rejoice. Um, there's a part of me that thinks, yeah, I, I really wish the world worked that way, you know? Um, Psalm 68 has this picture of God uh, and God's presence as being inevitably, uh, you know, effective. Um, that, that he comes in judgment and that that judgment has real consequences in the world. But, you know, is that the world we live in? I mean, I'm not questioning Scripture, but for a moment, can I just say that it, it that sure doesn't look that way. I mean, the people who hate God, they are not running for their lives. They are running for public office, you know. They are going to be at the, you know, at the Grammys, you know, and the Oscars. And I mean, you know, our culture is dominated by people who hate God. I mean, they're doing pretty good if you haven't looked around. Um, it doesn't look like God rises up and scatters his enemies and the godly people rejoice. That's not what I see at all. It, it seems more random. You know, sometimes you roll the dice and you get good numbers and sometimes you roll the dice and you get what you get. I mean, the whole, you know, the, everything turns out, you know, it's like a roll of the dice, you know, and sometimes good things happen, sometimes bad things happen. Sometimes bad things happen to good people. Sometimes good things happen to bad people. And, and it just seems like, you know, I, I wish that God would rise up and scatter the wicked and that the godly could rejoice and live lives of tranquility and peace before him. But gosh, you know, is, it, is that how the world even works? Um, what if it is? I mean, just throw it out to you. What if it is the way the world works? I mean, despite how things appear, what if there is a score being kept, you know? And what if God is going to rise up? And scatter his enemies. And what if one of these days, all those who have sought righteousness, they are they are permitted to rejoice? I mean, what if that is the way the world works? I'm inclined to say that that's the way the world works. Despite present appearances, that is how the world works. God is going to come. God is going to judge, and His presence will be effective. His presence will be will bring joy to the righteous. His presence will bring terror to the wicked. Let God arise and His enemies be scattered. This psalmist says. Uh, there are a number of uh, kind of titles for God, and, and, and I, I just love them. I love verse 4. He's the rider of the clouds. I love that. Cloud rider. Rider of the clouds. It's this little hymn of praise, praising God, the rider of the clouds. I, I love that. Father to the fatherless, defender of widows. This is God uh, whose dwelling is holy, places the lonely in families. Uh, I love that. God loves children, you know. Father to the fatherless. God loves children. Um, if you pay any attention at all to how the world works, one of the things you'll notice is that all of the powers of evil are somehow trained and targeted toward children. Children always bear more than their fair share of the brunt of the suffering of the world, and that's not a coincidence. God loves children, but, but the devil hates children. That's why abortion you know, is, is such an evil you know, to... Take the life of a child who's never even had the breath of life, you know, to, to erase them before they are even born, you know. The, the, you just have to understand the way evil uh, targets children. Uh, maybe perhaps because they still are innocent, they still bear the image of God in a, in a more pure way than heathens like you and me, you know. But, but God loves children, and... Uh, we shouldn't forget that. He is a father to the fatherless. He is a defender of widows. God is a God who 
uh, really, really cares about those who are most vulnerable in our society. Remember sitting at the supper table trying to finish your plate of black eyed peas or lima beans or whatever it was that you hated, and your mama said, you know, there's children in Somalia, you know, who would love to have your black eyed peas. And you ever think, well, you know, I mean, you thought two things like, well, if they really want them so bad, let's send them to them, you know. And then the other thought was, well, what's my lima beans got to do with children in Somalia, you know? But, but, but this is the point. Our, our lives are connected to all of those who are vulnerable and suffering, all of the fatherless and all of the widows. I mean, because God cares about them. And because God cares about them, God cares about the way we treat them. And God cares about the justice of the world and how it seems to be stacked against those who are most vulnerable. And so when God arises and scatters his enemies, understand he's going to be coming to a stand up for those who have had nobody to stand up for them. Praise the Lord. Praise God our Savior for each day. He carries us in his arms, verse 19. I love that so much. Uh, let me talk about chapter 6. I've, I've blown all my time on chapter 68. Uh, chapter 69 is uh, just an individual lament, and, and I love, it's just one of those kind of psalms that I just love. I'm in deep water. The floods overwhelm me. The psalmist is crying out to God. The heart of this psalm is really verses 16 and 17. Answer my prayers, O Lord. Your unfailing love is wonderful. Take care of me, for your mercy is so plentiful. Don't hide your face from your servant. Answer me quickly. I'm in deep trouble. You know, answer me quickly. Uh, if this were, you know, like a voicemail message, you know, he's already called like 19 times. He's like, will you pick up, pick up the phone, pick up, pick up, you know, answer me quickly. It's, it's a desperation. Verse 12, I'm the favorite topic of town gossip and all the drunks sing songs about me. Uh, the first time I read that, I'm like, okay, that's kind of funny. Uh, the, the drunks are singing songs about me. But then it's devastating when you realize what the psalmist is saying. Other people are entertained by my pain. They gossip about, they, they tell my story, but they don't tell my story out of compassion or concern. They tell my story because there's something delicious about it in their mouth. You know, they're entertained by my plight. I, I just think that is a heartbreaking kind of verse. Uh, verse 20 is heartbreaking too. If only one person would show me some pity, if only one person would turn and comfort me. You ever felt like that? You ever just thought, man, it's just one person could have the eyes to see the day I'm having. If only one person could see the way I'm hurting right now. I mean, if just one person would turn and comfort me, you know, you ever just felt that way? You know, like I don't have anybody. I mean, you just feel like I don't have anybody. Just one person can make such a difference. Um, I just want to remind you of that. Uh, you may not be the person right now. So I mean, I wish I had one person, but that just means, man, you could be somebody's one person. So whoever you know today who probably just needs somebody, you be that somebody for them. You'd be that one person. They may just need one person to turn and say, listen, I see you. I, I know what you're going through. I don't know what to say or what to do, but I just want you to know, you know, that I really care about what you're going through and I'm going to pray you all the way to the other side of it. You know, just one person, uh, you and I can be that person today in somebody's life. Um, Psalm 68, 69, man, those, that, that, that's, it's a lot. I know it's a lot. Pick up here with me tomorrow. We'll do chapter 70 and chapter 71. Chapter 70 is short. Chapter 71 is longish, but we'll do it together. These are good psalms. I think you're going to really love where we are right now in the book of Psalms. So listen, read ahead. Be with me tomorrow, Lord willing, 10 o'clock uh, for Tim with Tim. Enjoy uh, your Wednesday. We've got a warming trend going here. I'm here for it completely. So uh, anyway, I love you guys so much. Uh, pray for me today. I'll pray for you. Uh, if you need that one person today, let me be that person. Uh, I, I love you. I care for you, and I will 
pray for you. Have a great Wednesday. I'll see you tomorrow.